And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast brought to you with Association and that's completely wrong so we're going to start again. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with David Rusbin and Mickey Brennan. An action-packed weekend of club football and uh, of course we had the ladies football team out as well, the county team and they were playing, playing against Cork on Saturday and we also had the hurlers out in a big match against Down on Sunday in Trim. Uh, we will be going through our GA predictions league table, the We Are Mead league table, and we will be doing our usual segments of the lotos and the Instagram. But I suppose, Davey, we'll start off um, by asking you, are you all set for Valentine's Day? I think it's the first Valentine's Day in quite some time, Davey, that you're going to be extremely busy. <laughs> Thanks, Mickey. Yeah, I'll be out the attic for uh, Valentine's Day. Um, all the football's done in the can now, and we don't have any football, uh, club football, till Tuesday. So, yeah, no excuse for me not to. Also make a big effort now tomorrow. So what's the story? Are you going to cook or are you going to go for dinner? I uh, had a meal there Saturday night because we, we obviously played on Friday. So it was grand meal and a few drinks Saturday. So probably something low key now because uh, it is a Monday after all. So some of us have to work on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, <laughs> you got a spoiler, Davey. You got a spoiler no matter what. Are you going to cook? Is that what you're saying? Are you going to cook? I'll try, but I don't think that'll be the best for her if she, <laughs> she had my cook but we'll see. I don't think anybody would be working on Tuesday <laughs> if you were to cook. Well, look, we, we just want to wish you the best of luck. You're, you haven't done this in a while. You're probably a bit rusty. Um, but if you need any tips, I'm sure some of the lads... Love talk to yourself. No, no, no. I was going to say some of the lads on Instagram will help you out. <laughs> don't come to me. Do not come to me, whatever you do. Um, but look, Davy, it was Valentine's weekend and um, our Mead ladies team were out on Saturday afternoon in Park Tolchin. Um, and was Cupid shining on Mead or was Cupid shining on Cork? Of course, he was shining on Mead because Mead won 2 7 to one goal and eight. Davy, Mead backing up their All-Ireland semi-final victory over Cork last year um, with another win. And, you know, full value for it again. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Mead were excellent um, in patches. They, they probably not the sort of Mead we come to expect in terms of their rigorous level of consistency throughout the game, but they had all the hallmarks of the team that, you know, we've seen winning the All-Ireland what only a few months ago. The work rate, the endeavour, the, the sort of teamwork between them was great. And what I kind of like to see was they, they won what you could say maybe ugly, but they did it against the quality team as well. And, you know, you, you think back to the semi-final last year and all the, you know, the two goals in injury time just to get extra time. There was no such drama really in this one. It did Emmett and Flo Mead 
Um, I thought Cork were probably the better side in the first half, to be honest with you, Mickey. They were playing against the Breeze and um, they looked a little bit more economical. They, they took probably a better proportion or percentage of their chances they were presented with. And in the second half, the game burst into the life in, in the space of 10 minutes. Cork got a great goal and me came down the other end and got two goals in the space of three or four minutes, which was massive. And then the game management sort of kicked in. They, they kind of just utilised their experience, which they have now, and uh, just did it well in the end. Two points. Cork did come back into it towards the end, as you'd expect, uh, with the breeze. But I have to say, me, they're full value for their win. It was a Cork side, obviously, missing the Morn Abbey contingent. And, you know, they will welcome them back in the next few weeks and they will be a different animal. But for the occasion that it was in Park Talton, a big crowd, you know, a lot of noise and atmosphere around it, I thought it was important for me to come out give a performance first and foremost but the result was the main thing and start life in division one with a good win did we see any new faces in the panel um looking at the team uh obviously it's uh, all of the the names on on the starting lineup are household names um and the majority of that team that started the all-ireland final uh started um uh, this game against cork so did we see any additions to the panel yeah, well, it was lovely to see Orla Duff back starting, obviously, her first game in, in what, well over a year. She missed the yeah. whole year through injury last year, and she didn't look out of place at all, to be honest with you. Very accomplished display of cornerback. Um, Emma White came into the team as well. She's been a player that's obviously featured um, mm-hmm. for me more often than not from the bench with good impact sort of cameos. But she she started centre-half forward, did well before she was withdrawn, I, I suppose, 10 minutes into the second half. And Kira Smith from screen, Mickey, uh, coming on to make her uh, adult debut at the age of 17. What a talent she is going to be. And she, again, weighed in with a decent contribution. Um, she was impressive throughout. Um, then the usual sort of culprits came on, Orla Bourne, Avian Leahy, um, and, th- and that was really it. An interesting one was Sarah Powderly actually wearing the number 16 jersey. Um, so it looks as if she's going to be adopted as the sort of subkeeper this year. And uh, Monica McGurk did go down injured in the first half. And just for a brief moment, it did look like Sarah Powderly in her first game as a goalkeeper was going to get a taste of it. But uh, that didn't materialise. But probably a little bit of, um, I suppose, improvised thinking on, on the Mead management's behalf. I thought that's probably a good move because she's really experienced and she'd be a very sort of cool, calm and collected head if she was asked to be thrust into the action. I take it the Dunboyne goalkeeper has stepped away from the panel then? I actually don't know that, to be honest with you, Mickey. Possibly that is the case. Alison O'Sullivan, yeah, she had a great year, for didn't she, with Dunboyne? Yeah. Um, but it does look as if Sarah Powderly will be the sub substitute keeper to Monica McGurk this year. So we'll, we shall wait and see how that goes. Yeah, well, we will be doing a full review of Mead versus Cork in Park Tolchin from the weekend. We have interviews with Shauna Ennis, Nevo Sullivan and the manager, Eamon Murray, the ever um, uh, entertaining uh, Eamon Murray and, and, and got quite emotional um, in the interview as well. So that's one not to be missed. Absolutely brilliant stuff there as well. Um, moving on then to the hurlers, Davy, and we were talking about this. We've been talking about this in the whole lead up to the league. Um, and then we were talking about it, obviously, after last week's win against Kildare, that this was a really, really huge game. Well, you know, um, it, it had huge ramifications, this this game against Down, that if Mead were to win this one, they'd be two from two going into the West Mead game. And, and as it happens, West Mead lost this weekend. Mead could have been top of the table and uh, gone in two points ahead of West Mead into the game next week. As it happened, it ended up being... Um, 218 to down, 119 to Mead, so that's 24 to 22. A two point victory for down, half time score was 2 9 to down, 11 points to Mead. 
Nick Weir will be pulling his hair out of this one after, uh, sorry, pulling his hair out after this one because need by far the better team on the day, Davy. Their mistakes were punished every time uh, they coughed up possession to this down team. Yeah, um, if Nick had uh, hair, Mickey, he would definitely be pulling it out. But you're absolutely right. I thought Mead were by far and away the better side. They um, show great character at different stages of the game. But ultimately, their errors in a defensive sort of standpoint let them down and they were punished by what you'd have to say was a clinical downside. Mead as well, Mickey, they hit 13 wides on the day. Which was uh, which was really disappointing. I suppose there was six in the first half and seven in the second. Played with the aid of the breeze in the first half. Didn't start all that well. We're one three to a point down, but came roaring back into it. Gradually got to grips with it, but then of course down got a second goal towards the end of that half to put four points between the sides at half time. Straight after half time, Mead got the perfect tonic with a great goal from Damian Healy. Um, lashed into the back of the net, courtesy of really good work from Adam Gannon. And uh, they, they continued to, to go sort of blow for blow with Down. And, and Down would get a couple of scores to just know themselves in front. But with about seven or eight minutes to play, Mead equalised and looked to be the team with the, the impetus. But again, sort of a couple of slack. Um, now, conditions were difficult as well, I have to say. It was The pitch was quite boggy and trim. All, in saying that, you know, it was a really high score and an entertaining game, but you could understand where maybe some ball didn't go to hand or there was no sort of give in the, in the turf, which made it difficult for defenders. And with the game plan that me, they're trying to adapt this year, it, it requires probably a dry ball or, a, or, you know, dry conditions for them to execute it properly. And that will come. And, you know, you'll hear from Nick over in the Loyal Royals, Mickey, he talks about that. You're going to have you're going to have mistakes and it's going to, it's a system, but it's like Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not going to happen yeah. overnight. So you're going to have these little hiccups along the way. But overall, if you look at the comparison from the game against down uh, today versus the two they played against them last year, there is no comparison. The gap is completely narrowed and me, they're in a really good space. And if you actually look at the results across the uh, 2A division today, it actually wasn't too bad. Uh, down yeah. are obviously top now, but everyone else is on two points with the exception of Kildare, I think, are, are scoreless. So it's really um, a sort of open division. You know, one team goes straight through, I think, and then I think second and third maybe play off for the other position. I think that's how it, uh, that's how it's made up this year. So it's all to play for. And Westby coming to trim in two weeks' time, that's a massive game. And is there any reason why it wasn't played in Park Tolchin, do we know, or...? No, I actually, I think originally it possibly was fixed for it. The only yeah, it thing was. I would say is Park Tolton has looked a little bit patchy in recent weeks and I was in there and started obviously for the ladies and they have put a few new sods down and stuff like that. Now in saying that, it would have still been, you know, quite um, better in terms of conditions than maybe Trim was because there was a lot of rain obviously on Saturday night. So it made conditions difficult underfoot. But traditionally, as they say, Trim is the home of Mead Hurland. So possibly... Yeah. That was the decision from the hurlers themselves. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, again, we do have a full review over on our Loyal Royals podcast where we have interviews with Brendan McKeown, Shane Brennan and Nick Weir um, after that defeat to uh, Down, that narrow defeat to, to Down. And, and you'll hear um, Nick Weir talking about that system and how it will be. Uh, uh, I suppose you'll always get a few mistakes with it, but once they get used to it and they start to really... And push home that, that that way of playing, it should and will benefit these meat hurlers because, again, as Davy has already said, and I've alluded to, they were by far and away the better team against Down. 
and just some of those mistakes are what cost them two goals coming from mistakes. But look, um, it is uh, going to be Westmead coming to uh, Trim in two weeks' time. There's a break next week, and then in two weeks' time, we're saying Trim. It could be in Park Tolchin, Davy, um, but it's down for Trim at the moment. Anyway, it will be Westmead coming to Trim, and um, that's going to be a massive, massive game for Mead. What? What a boost for their confidence it would do if they could get a victory over Westmead. Um, Davey, you know, down were the opposition for the Hurlers this weekend. Down will be the opposition for Mead next weekend in the Allianz League Division 2 football. And um, I suppose we, we'll need to have a quick look at that as well. We never mentioned that in uh, 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 when we were discussing what we were going to be talking about on this week's podcast. But it's a massive game. It was a massive game for the hurlers. It's going to be a massive game for the footballers. And, you know, down should be bolstered by the fact that they will have a few of the Kilku players coming back into the fold who will have had a week between their All-Ireland victory um, uh, on the weekend over Kilmacud and the game for down. Like, I'm sure they won't start, but I'm sure like you're going to see a few of those lads on the bench for down next weekend. I'd like to hope not, to be honest with you. Um, like we, we, to be honest, that remains to be seen because the Roscommon lads didn't have their lads back the week after the the club um, intermediate. The club teams were knocked out, and the senior one. Um, can't think of the Porrick Pierce's as well. Yeah. So, so possibly it's hard to know. And the fact that Kilku maybe won it suggests that maybe they wouldn't. But down we're in a position now, a bit like Mead, really, aren't it? That it's. You're entering must-win territory, and yeah. I don't think we can really mix our words with it. It is essentially a must-win game for me. Then Navin, um, we talked about it last week. You generally need three wins or five points minimum, maybe to get out to get away from danger. And down at home would certainly be a game that you need to be getting result in. We obviously have awfully then. I think a couple of weeks after that, um, in in Tullamore. So there are two games that I would say are season-defining for for me at this stage, Mickey. Um. And look, let's hope that the, the couple of weeks break has given them a chance to rebuild, refocus and, and get some of the injured bodies back because the injury lists towards the end of last week was just kind of laughable at that stage. With not just injuries, but COVID cases and with, with different things and that like it, it doesn't help. Um, but down on proven, they gave a decent account of themselves against Galway on the Saturday night, um, a, like a better account than maybe we gave against Galway the week before. So there's certainly a team that are, looking to improve and if they do welcome back the Kilku um contingent then there'll be a completely different proposition coming down to Park Talton next Sunday. Yeah I still I still think that we should be um uh better than down and especially coming to Navin. Um you know it, it, it's it, it's the third game and we, we said that the third game is 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 the main game. Okay and we wanted if we had hopes of getting promoted and not needing any results to go our way, to keep it all in our own hands. We needed to win one of our first two games against Roscommon and Galway. That didn't happen. Now it's a case of if we win five in a row, we need results to go our way in some way, shape or form. It's out of our hands now. So five wins won't guarantee us, is what I'm saying, a promotion. Um, five wins is doable, but it all starts next weekend with Down. Um, I do think we have enough to beat Down. Um, at the minute, I do think that, um, you know, given that we get a couple of players back and um, some of the lads that were out with COVID, they'll definitely be back. If we have a couple of those soft tissue injuries back as well, we know that we're not going to have McGill, uh, um, Roman Jones 
or Brian Menton back for this game. But I still do think that we've got a quality enough panel, if the rest of them were all fit, to to to, to beat down in Navin Davy. Um, it is a crucial game because if you don't win, you're then in you're fighting relegation. Then you're you're fighting to get three wins from four to stay out of a relegation battle. Exactly, and the three wins from the four would presumably have to come against the teams that are in and around you. It wouldn't be Derry because, you know, if it's Derry on the last day, you're probably needing favours elsewhere, to be honest with you, because Derry are likely to be vying for promotion maybe at that stage, not relegation. So the games you need to win is obviously Down, Offaly, Cork and Clare. They're the they're the four games that you need three wins from, essentially, to, to preserve your status. Obviously, being aspirational and thinking ahead, Yes, it would be great to win the four on the spin and then take it to the last round against Derry to maybe just be in with a shout of promotion and a free hit. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, the confidence would be good if we were coming off the back of four wins straight. But at this stage, we just need to focus on what's in front of us. And it's a big challenge against Down. It's going to be, it's. I reckon it's going to be close. I can't, I can't really see just the way the two teams are going at the minute. I can't see it being a landslide victory one way or, or another, to be honest with you. But I, I do stress the importance of a really fast start for me. And I think we've been, let's say, unlucky in the last couple of weeks to have to play against the Breeze in the first half. If there is to be a considerable consider Breeze in Park Dalton next Sunday, if we could play with it, get a bit of a lead up at half time and, and look to go on from there, I think the lads would take great confidence from that. And also the supporters who will turn out in force, hopefully. Um, th- that's what they need. On the hottest of days in the summer, is the wind not always blown down to the O'Matney's end of Park Dalton? I've never found it to be blown up the field towards the hospital. It's always blown down the field. So if there is a wind, that's we know that that's the way it's going to be going. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's a it's a huge chance for these lads to kickstart something and whatever. And you know we've spoken about the ramifications of getting relegated, and not getting to a Leinster final, and all that kind of thing, and playing in the Dalton Cup. It's just it's. For this panel of players and for Andy, I don't think that would be acceptable. Um, and for and I I know they would be thinking like that as well that it's not acceptable. So I just hope that they play with the shackles off the next day. And I I, I really thought that in the first two games they looked nervous, Davy. Is it, would that be a fair way of looking at it? The, a lot of lads looking nervous on the ball. A lot of uncharacteristic um, mistakes and simple ball handling errors and stuff like that that just look fearful and that's the hallmark of a team that is lacking in confidence isn't it you know a team that maybe doesn't execute a pass or or doesn't go for something that maybe you would do if you were an extravagant say 50-yard ball across the field or if it's goalkeeper I was playing a couple of examples last couple of weeks alone where we've not we've played the percentages and not gone for the jugular sometimes you just need to maybe take that chance and it mightn't come off nine times out of ten but it just could be something like that that may well spark me into life Mickey you know what I mean um but but I do take a more settled sort of 15 and hopefully Andy can pick what what he might have on paper as his best 15 I don't think we've got anywhere close to that in the last two weeks and that's been a hindrance to him as well um, so let's hope that there can be a clean bill of health with the exception of maybe the three or four fellas that you've mentioned and uh, you're right we should still have enough to, to account for down yeah absolutely you want to wish the lads the very best of luck and of course the hurlers the following week the very best of luck lush beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches at Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, 
replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Um, are the commodes out this week, Davy? Do you know they're not? I think it's the following oh, week yes, down, down in Wexford, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the Mead ladies are out next weekend, they're down in Waterford. Uh, next it could be Saturday as well, so they're, they're yeah. definitely away to Waterford. Uh, and obviously, a win for the ladies would qualify them, uh, with a game to spare with Dublin to come to town the following week in, in Park Dalton. Yeah, to get the win over water would be absolutely brilliant so that the pressure was off going into that game in Park Talchin. You know, carnival atmosphere, dubs against Mead, and just to see who'd be top in the group probably as well. Like So it'd be absolutely brilliant. But yeah, um, we wish them the very best of luck next weekend. Um, moving on then, Davy, and we are going to go through the results from the club competitions on the weekend, full round of club competitions. Um, I suppose we go back to last Tuesday, Cornabonia Group A, it was a game that wasn't played on the weekend. It was Nobber against Bechtiv. It finished Bechtiv 115, Nobber 11 points. That's from Cornabonia Group A. Both of us had uh, predicted a Bechtiv win there, so both of us uh, having to share the two parachutes there on that one, Davey. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, moving on then, we're just going to go through all the results as they are. Fesh, Co- Fesh Cup, Group A, Nafina, six points, Ballina Bracky, two goals and 11, 11 point victory there in the local and taking the local bragging rights. Um, Ballina Bracky with a huge win over Nafina. Um, that game was all these games that I'm going to go through now were played on Friday night. St. Michael's in the Cornabonia beaten uh, by Mead Hill, 3 9 to Mead Hill. Um, St. Michael's, one goal and 12. That game played in Carlinson. Delique Bellius ten in group B of the Cornabonia one three Ratkenny eleven points. Um strange one there for Delique Bellius ten. Um Cornabonia Group A Oldcastle three nine Nobber twelve points that game as well on Friday evening. So Nobber with two games in three days. Um in the Fesh Group Fesh Cup Group T I can't even say <laughs> Fesh Cup. The Fesh Coop um Selchestown Four points, Summerhill, two goals and 17. A mall in there by Summerhill down in Central Sound on Friday evening. And then Dunham Ashburn continuing their great vein of form. 12 points to seven against St. Column Kills in Dunham Ashburn there on Friday night. Fish Cup Group C, Minalvi, four points. Gail Column Kill, 3-9 again. Gail Column Kill, we always see this at this time of the year. They just are relentless. Three goals and nine to four points in favour of Gail Column Kill Kells. And then in Fesh Cup Group B, screen 219, Navan Matney's four points. It looks like the Fesh Cup score of the weekend was four points. Navan Matney's four, Minelvi four, and uh, Centrestown all scoring yeah. four points. And they were all home teams. And they were all the home teams, yeah. Uh, moving on then to Saturday's results. Um, in the Fesh Cup Group C, Curraha uh, one nine, Wolf Tones three eight. Wolf Tones always good for a goal, you know. Um, Premier Cup Group B, screen six points, Rathout two goals and eight. Gail Colum Kill won 12, Dunmore Ashburn 213. Bonia Group C, um, Longwood, the home team. Guess what the score, Davy? Four points. And they were beaten by Dunchocklin, who scored 118. Your love affair with uh, Dunchocklin has kicked off again, I'm sure, after that result. Um, moving on then to Sunday's results. And in the Corner Cup, 
Cornabonia Cup, Group D. We'll get there eventually, Davy. Blackhall Gales 10, Clonagale 213, and 9 point victory there for Clonagale. Waterstown 113, Kilmainham 13, a 10 point victory there for Waterstown, who have announced their new manager after the departure of Martin O'Connell. Uh, Cornabonia Group B, Dundery 19, St Vincent's 17, a two point victory there for Dundery over St Vincent's, the newly promoted St Vincent's. Um, group A of the Cornabonia, Bective 110, Drumbarra 12 points. A one-point victory there for Bective over Drumbara. And then in Fesh Cup, Group B, Trim, the newly promoted senior team. Their first taste of senior football in uh, in 12 years, I think it is. Um, and it was at the hands of Ratote. They lost this one on a scoreline of 2-7 to 2-10. That game ebbed and flowed right through. It was level pegging the whole way through. And it was Ratote who eventually got the victory there by three points. There's one... One result I'm missing, Davy Rispin, because I know there was another game played on Friday night, and I just don't happen to see it there. Um, it was, of course, the Corn. No, it wasn't. It was the Talton Cup uh, or Talton Shield. Yeah, there, seem, uh, there seems to be a few uh, Talton Cup and Shield games not uh, included there on that, but um, I I can reliably well, we inform you. Yeah, well, we can. Well, you can reliably inform me. Yeah, well, we, we we can't get past like Friday nights uh, under the lights in Courtown. Courtown eight points from Condrath again with that very very familiar score of four points, and they did lead by four points, no score in this game. And Courtown came back and rallied, came back and rallied off eight points in a row to win that one, eight points to four. And uh, in Group B of the Torgen Shield, we did have um, two games on the weekend. We had Slane playing uh, St. Mary's. Slane winning this one, 2-12 to St. Mary's, two goals and eight. And then Clonard, one goal and four. St. Bridget's, three goals and 12, Davy. And there's only one place to start here, and that is with the St. Bridget's PRO. Um, shout out to the St. Bridget's PRO, Davy. Have you been following St. Bridget's on, on Twitter? PROs, Mickey. There's two of them. So, oh, PROs. So the, 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 yeah, they're sharing the duty. So, uh, Ellen Blake has uh, added um, the the incredible Alan Moore to our PR team in uh, Balnacree this year. What an appointment that was, and they're paying dividends already, Mickey. Absolutely, I've I've taken a photograph of some of the the um, the tweets because they were absolutely brilliant. I thought, you know, absolutely hilarious. I'm missing one of them, but I'll come back to it in, now in a moment. On nine minutes, the sports star Luke tapped over a point. So, so sports star Luke, we'll have to figure out who that is, Luke. I'm looking at it. it. must be Luke Blake, and he's known as the sports star. JB, the hairy hiker. <laughs> That'd be Joe Blake. <laughs> well, JB, with a, the hairy hiker with a nippy one over the bar. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, from a ball in from the sports star, that must be the... the is Luke his brother or his cousin? I think it's his cousin, isn't it? Um, Luke Blake. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and, then, and then he had Dill to the Falcon, back to JB, back to Dill B., over to Browner, net. <laughs> Absolutely class. But the Falcon, I went through the team. I have no idea who the Falcon is. Um, Dylan B with a lovely one. Nickname suggestions for this guy, welcome. So he's looking for um, he's looking for people to give suggestions for a nickname for Dylan Bryady. Um, that's the corner forward there for um, St. Bridget's. Then at the end of the game, a side note. The twig came on in the second half and Clamard never scored. Coincidence? Question mark. Just, just priceless. I mean, 
Um, and 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 his his initial tweet. I'll go back in and get that in a second. But do you know? Do you know the two that are doing the um the tweet? I I do, Mickey. They did have a good sort of relationship. Um, and uh, did did kind of hit off each other quite a bit. So I think it's really kind of good team. And I didn't think. Bridget's could perform any better off the field than they are on the field at the moment. But lo and behold, here we're talking about what they're doing off the field, yet they're absolutely uh, tanking teams on it, you know. So it's all good in Balnacree at the minute. Yeah, it really is. The, the final one was the tweet before the game. Yeah. If everyone could bear with us today for the updates, dot, dot, dot. The coverage is grand. The perfect emoji. And then dot, dot, dot. It's just the PRO is in a ball. <laughs> Oh, that that is definitely Alan Moore now, to be honest. He, he, I'd say that was Alan tweeting about him, to be honest. But uh, yeah, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, it, yeah. Then it was followed by the green vomiting face pints, and then the eyes to heaven. So um, yeah, just what, like if you want a bit of entertainment when the cup competitions are on, or whenever St Bridget's are playing, get over there and follow their Twitter handle because um, yeah, um, not only do you get great updates on the game, but you. you get a bit of entertainment in it as well do you know any other clubs out there Davey that have um have PROs that I suppose try to look at things in a humorous way when they're at these games yeah I think Sedgestown are making a big effort to do that this year unfortunately they're they're not getting much to write about because they're only averaging four or five points so far in the season but I'm sure that will improve um and and so will uh so will the tweets as a result um, not a whole pile like you'll see a few match reports obviously Susan Farrell is very good value for a for a decent match report and a good moan at a referee as well afterwards but particularly when they don't win um, and, and I'm the same even though I, I, I've i got the odd threat um, about my writing and that but uh, that that shouldn't really stop PROs it's a dangerous gig nowadays being a PRO Mickey you have to be careful you have to always be watching your back Speaking about lock, I don't think we mentioned their result either. From now, you have to remember that we're going through the results from the um, Meet GA page, and maybe it's just not up to date at the moment. But I do remember looking at it this earlier on, and Ballinlock had a massive win today. Um, I'm just trying to find their result if I can, um, yeah. and I'm not finding it, Davy. Um, they beat St. Dalton's two seven to ten points from memory. Is correct and right. Um, that's exactly what it was. So uh, a good victory for... Um, I'm still looking for this. I cannot find it. I'm going to have to go back and find the uh, the table. But we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that. Yeah, but a good win for Ballinlock over um, St. Jordan's. Again, Ballinlock were trailing in this game um, by... What was it? Nine points to four or something. And all of a sudden rattled in two goals and two points to lead by 2-6... To nine points in that one, so um, uh, really good result there for Banlock and Davy Wright. If I'm not mistaken. no Con, Con Cleary, another Con Cleary. Sorry, is right. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, they're everywhere. You just can't get away from these. But uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. Anyway, there. Um, again, we're going to go into depth on the cup competitions over on our Loyal Royals podcast, and we're going to talk about the results, talk about the tables, and uh, give predictions on next week's um, games. So um, yeah, so tune in to our Loyal Royals podcast for that one. Uh, before we go to our lottos and our Instagram, we just want to, I suppose, um, give a mention to a legend of uh, the airwaves and of the education system in Mead, um, the one and only Kevin Mallon, who would have been a commentator on LMFM during the 90s um, when, you know, Mead would have been at a really 
high end of the uh, championship spe spectrum and whatever. Um, everybody will remember his commentary on the Kildare three in a row. Um, I think there was the Leinster final, if I'm not mistaken, and whatever, and Jody Devine coming on and whatever. Um, a lot of people remember him as a teacher in St. Pat's. You know, he was one of those teachers from what I have been led to believe that, you know, you just didn't... He was one of those teachers that you wanted to be in his class. You know, there wasn't too many teachers that made um, an impression on lads, but Kevin Mallon was one. And, you know, he's synonymous with school in and, and, and the St. Pat's and Navin, but also with the, the Mead team of the 90s because of his commentaries. Um, sadly passed away, um, we believe, on Sunday morning, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, we just want to pass on our condolences to his family and just just to give him his... Um, I suppose his 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 moment on the podcast as well, Davy. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. He would have been in. Uh, he would have been teaching in St. Pat's when I was there. Uh, sadly, I never actually had him. Um, always, as you kind of mentioned, was a teacher that you'd have liked to have had. And to be honest, there wasn't too many teachers you could say that about in the, in yeah. the best possible way. You know, when you were in school. But um, obviously, with the sporting background he had, a lot of fellas, you know, sort of looked up to him and. Uh, he was in there with Colin O'Rourke. There was such a strong sort of sport and dynamic in St. Pat's throughout the years. Um, came as a shock now, to be honest. I, I didn't know he was uh, not in the best of health or whatever up until recently. But um, yeah, what a, what a great sort of uh, mead man he was. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just like to, as you said, pass our condolences to the family and whatever and, and remember Kevin Mallon. David, we'll move on now to our lotto segment, and uh, I'm sure the PROs have been in contact with you. Yeah, the Chocolate and Royal Games is at normal up first, and uh, their results from last Monday night, the 7th, uh, the numbers drawn were 13, 14, 20, and 22. There was no jackpot winner. The three match three winners who collect 70 euro each, Anne Rattigan, Pam Kyo, and Marion McCullough. Um, the next draw takes place on Monday at half eight, live on Facebook, 13,000 euro of a jackpot, 30,000 of a reserve, and 6,000 of a second reserve, 200 goes into that each week screen uh, GFC there was no winner of last week's 8,000 euro jackpot so next week's moves on to 8,100 and you can play that one on club force as well as Dunchocklands and um, Cora has at 6,400 euro currently there was no jackpot winner last week they had one match three winner who was Seamus Dardis and he collected um, 100 euro uh, you can play that one at curahagacom forward slash draws Ballon Lock, uh, the letters drawn were G, P, W, and Z. There was no uh, jackpot winner, match three, um, and winner of 100 euro was Claire Ryan. The next draw takes place in the 12th with a 5,000 euro jackpot. Manalvi GFC starting fresh from uh, 500 euro was last week after giving out something like 19,000 in the space of three weeks. They're back at the bottom and trying to work their way back up. It's a long way back up there, but I'm sure they'll give it a good lash. Thankfully for them, they didn't have another jackpot winner. So the numbers drawn were 3, 13, 20 and 24. Uh, 3, 20 euro winners were Joe Moran, Mary Donoghue and Patricia Prenderville. Uh, Monday night, it moves on to 600 euro and you can play that one on Manalvi GFC .ie or on the club force app. Castletown, uh, no jackpot winner of their 1,200 euro top prize. The numbers drawn were 3, 10, 20, and 23. They had one, two, three, they had plenty of uh, lucky dip winners uh, who all collected 30 euro each. Jennifer Oaks, Barbara Smith, Erin Killian, and Jack Smith, Kevin and Mark Smith, 
and Colin and Carmel Price. So congratulations to all of those. Courtown GA, uh, 7,900 your jackpot was not won either. Um, the numbers drawn were 3, 14, 26 and 32. Five 20 euro winners are as follows. Nancy Byrne, Brian Rennix, Cathy Miles, Teresa Codd and Patrick Rispin. The jersey winner goes to Del Chute. That was... Um, Jeez, I can't even remember what jersey we gave away last week, but there was one. <laughs> uh, we, we move on to 8,000 euro next week, and you can play it at courtandga.com forward slash lotto. Old Castle is still at 12,000 euro, which it's currently capped at. It's uh, draw takes place next Wednesday live on Facebook, and you can play that one in Club Force. Gail Column Kill, 12,000 euro jackpot was not won either. 3, 14, 16, and 28. There was no match three winners, which means they just go on to next Thursday night. Kilmainham are rising all the time. 9,500 euro every Monday night. Minolte, fresh from their jackpot win. They start again at 12,000 euro after last weekend's 15,000 euro jackpot was won by a Minolte man, Anthony Clinton. So congratulations to him. I think that was going on at 15 grand for about a year. So uh, well overdue. The online uh, draws close at 8 p.m. every Sunday night. So you're not going to obviously get in for this week, but do get in for next week. Uh, there's a 50 euro online prize for ent- for online entries only. You can play that one in Club Force. And the final one on my radar, Mickey, is from Navin Matneys, and it was 12,050, um, which was not actually won. The number strong were 3, 23, 26, and 31. They had two match three winners who were Josephine Shields, and Jenny Quinn. You can play it at Club Spot, Navinomatneys, or download the app. Brilliant. And the two I have are the usual ones from Centrestown and Simonson. We'll go to Centrestown first from Declan Kinsler. The numbers drawn last week on Monday night were 8, 16, 17, and 27. There was no jackpot winner. Five by 25 euro winners were Declan Collins, Sean Mann, Barry Clark, Joan Smith, and Celine Quinn. Next week's jackpot is a staggering 10,000 euro. And uh, you can do that on smartlotto.ie forward slash centralstown GAA forward slash lotto forward slash. So a lot of forward slashing in there. And um, or you can just go to their social media pages and find the link. It'll be much easier for you. Um, Going to the Simonson Lotto. um, The jackpot last week was 1150 from the Friday, the 11th of February. Um, The lucky dip, there was no winner. Lucky dips were Anne Flaherty, Dave Butler, Patsy and Marie Cantwell. The numbers drawn were 12, 14, 31, 32. Next Friday's uh, draw will be uh, €1,200 and you can do it in the usual spots. You can go to any of their social media pages or go to the Clubs app app and uh, look for Simonstown. Um, Jelly just wanted to let us know that the Simonstown Dumboyne game didn't go ahead on Sunday morning due to an unplayable pitch uh, just for when we're doing the, the roundup. So we've given that a mention. And he said, no info on if it will be rescheduled. So don't know what's going to happen there with that one. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, before we go on to our Instagram Interactive, we do, of course, have to go to gapredictions.ie 
We are Mead League Table after two rounds of the Allianz Football League and uh, looking forward to next weekend's round three of the Allianz Football Leagues. Um, we will be making our our, um, our, our our choices, picking our teams this week. Um, so a few of us with a little bit of work to be done, to be done, Davey. Very much so, but improving, Mickey. That's, uh, I suppose, a, a big encouragement for both of us but uh, a number of players didn't play the second week um, I'm trying to see that's, from that's why we improved David yeah well that partly <laughs> that yeah um, Shane Mangan missed the first week so he came in with the second week and he's got 15 points but there is a whole host of players in and around him um, Mags Joyce hasn't had a good start Mickey she has played the two weeks but after a decent first week of 16, I suppose you could say, just nine points in the round two for Mags. And uh, she's sat down there towards the bottom on 25 points currently. Um, the next person up who has played the two rounds is Susan Farrell, incidentally. And uh, Susan is uh, stranded on 29 points at the moment. So work to be done there as well. Next one up is Porrick Boylan, 33. Leo Weldon and Robert Perfield, the pair of them shared 34. Richie Quigley. Kenny Morgan and Eddie Coldrick are all on 35. Colin O'Brien and Ivor O'Halloran both on 36. I'm on 37. You're on 38. Thomas McLeod. Sorry, is sorry, David. Uh, can you just explain what that means? I You've got 37 and I've got 38. Yes. That means I'm ahead of you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, conti- continue. Yeah. The gap is closing. Um, <laughs> Week by week. Uh, Shane Mulvaney's on 40, along with Davy Byrne. Uh, Kira Lawler and Joanne Byrne are on 41 apiece. Nikki Gogan is on 42. 43 is shared by Sean Hughes and Mark McCoy and Gary Alder. Uh, Barry McDonald's on 44. Tommy Owens is on 45 with Fergal Lynch, so decent going from the two lads. Damien Farley and Alan Brown are next up with 47 apiece. Jamie Levy and Eddie Holton, 48 apiece. Davy. Just going back, Fergal Lynch must have had a really good week, did he? Um, he got 32, yeah, week, yeah, week two. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, decent improvement from Ferg there. Uh, there's a whole host of people on 49. Henry Clifford, Sean Duggan, Alan Tormey and Garrett Lynch all on 49. Then there's two people on 50. That's Peter Duffy, would you believe, along with Jamie Costello. Uh, incredible turn of events. It's going to get worse, though, Mickey. Uh, be, uh, the two of their names should be Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Darren McGill's on 52. PS Tapes on 53. And I'm pretty sure he's into the top 10. So uh, horrible turn of events there. Mike Chambers and Colin Crosby, 54 apiece. Shane McNiffson, 55. Shimmy Gallagher sits at 57. Nicholas Finley, 58. Pora Coyle after a really strong week up to 61. Gary Coynes on 64 and fourth. Aideen Smith, 69 and third. Second is Pora Carlin on 73, but top of the tree, having won the actual overall predictions on round one, is Barry Hand. He backed up his incredible first week with a pretty solid second week. 49 the first week, 30 the second week, gives him a grand total of 79 and a six-point cushion to Pora Carlin going into week three. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it can all change in a couple of weeks. Um, You know, a couple of good scores. If you get into the 40s, um, you know, two weeks running that would really drive you up the the the, the table. We're going to need to hit the late forties, early fifties, two weeks in a row, Davy. I think to to get anywhere near these lads at the top. But as I said to you, I remember the last time that we did these GA predictions about three years ago. 
you know, that it's it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So it's it's getting the results right towards the end of the season and, you know, maybe three games in a row. Going on a run, you need to get three weeks of good scores in a row and then put yourself back in a position to be um, uh, contesting for, for, for that jersey at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, no, um, Davey, the, the predictions, uh, the sheet will be going out this week, I presume. Yeah, people, the players who have played so far will get a reminder. So it is on gapredictions.com. If people want to go in and do them now, they can do. Uh, so they're available to to do um, and just get them in before. I'm not sure what the first game is next Saturday, but generally there's an early game. So just don't be caught out like um, PS Tapes or anybody else has been in recent weeks. <laughs> so it, it, they have to be in an hour before the, the earliest game on the Saturday. Is that what we'll, we'll try and make sure they close a minute or two before the first game starts. But try and get them in early. Don't leave. Yeah, don't be, don't be leaving it to the last minute. Don't be waiting to see the team sheets. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, before you do your your, your predictions, but um, yeah, um, PS tapes. I did meet him out the other night. Um, he was out for a jog. I I, I drove by him. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, uh, I, I I ain't out running the roads yet. And um, so um, th- the first thing he said to me was, you know, about the league, and you know, gave me the old dig and whatever, and. Uh, I just, I'm just hoping for a better week this week, Davy, as, as I'm sure you are too. Yeah, no, we're, we're on the rise, Mickey. Don't, no need to panic yet. No, no, no. Well, anybody out there wants to do them, go to gapredictions.ie and you'll be able to go in. Uh, you can do it weekly. There's always, how much is the top prize each week, Davy? 200 euro in prize money every week. The winner is generally guaranteed 100. Like last week, we actually had two fellows who were both on, I think, 52. So they get 100 quid each, essentially, because they share joint first. So, yeah, good prize money there as well. Good prize money there. So each week, so you don't have to do it every week. You can go in now and, uh, uh, you know, just for the one week, you don't have to do it for the whole um, seven weeks. But we do have the We Are Mead League going in there. So you go in, there's a drop down uh, where you can go in and join a league. And if you jo- were to join our league, um, it's the overall score um, over seven weeks. The winner will get... Um, a prize of the Trevor Giles retro jersey, the sleeveless Trevor Giles Mead jersey. So that is the prize that we have in our We Are Mead League. But uh, every week there is a cash prize. And um, Davey, we'll move on then to our Instagram interactive. Yeah, first one comes in from Extra Time Sport. And uh, Rob wants to know everyone in Kilcloon relieved to see Clannagale's number 10 get to his feet after a nasty head injury name question mark. I believe that was Tommy Hanley Jr. who sustained that injury. But thankfully, I think he's none too uh, worse from it because Owen Griffin has said that rumor has it Tommy Hanley is still on the floor in Kilcloon. So oh, I assume geez. there's a little bit of tongue in cheek about that. So I think Tommy will be all right. He's he's uh Hardy enough book um, tree surgeon, so you'd imagine he gets plenty of knocks on the head from time to time. So, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, tough man, Tommy Handy. So delighted that all is well. Um, Ian Battersby uh, wants to know when's Mark feeling back for Curaha. Flash Gordon actually followed this up by saying you'll have to come into the Bex to find out. So possibly <laughs> oh. the the secret lies in there. Yeah, uh, not a place I want to be going now at the moment into the backs. Uh, no, it seems to be where the losers are hiding, isn't it? Sanchetown now we're in there uh, after their weekend exploit, so I don't know what the what the story is with the backs. Maybe, maybe they were in there the night before the game as well. <laughs> Possibly. Um, so Bridget's, uh, of course, they're not just doing all the good work on Twitter, Mickey. They share it on Instagram as well. 
And they, they said Shane Gilson and Kimon for the Bridgets and Clonard never scored. So I assume that's the man in question. That must be Twiggy. Yeah, um, that must be Twiggy. So I think, it, I think I'll have to go back and just check that. But I think it was uh, the nickname was Twiggy. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. They've also claimed that Stephen Brown is the sexiest ginger across the mountain in Mead. <laughs> and there's quite a few across there, around the Old Castle area, across that mountain. So um, that's a bold statement. I'm sure there's a few uh, gingers around that area that would be um, fighting for that, um, that, 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 that accolade. Steady on now, Mickey. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Perfield next in, and he said another great display from the Mead ladies. Yeah, um, like you know, Davy, you you were there in the flesh, and again, just just you know, professional. And their first game in Division One, it has to be said, in quite some time. The last time that Mead Mead have never won a Division One title in the ladies, and they were runners up. I think it was in two thousand and six to Cork. So, you know, it's been quite some time since they were at the top table in league football either. Yeah, absolutely. And a great start. And to be honest, plenty of work or sorry, plenty of room for improvement too, which is always nice to see on the back of a win. So I'm sure they'll come on a lot from that game. But uh, yeah, great to see. Um, The next one is from Kim from Trim. Uh, Nice name. Um, And she wants to know, is there any of the Trim lads called up to the county? Well, that's, you know, something that we've been kind of talking about before we went on air, Davy, and, you know, it was interesting to look at the trim side that took on Rathout this morning in the uh, Fesh Cup, and there was no Aaron Lynch um, there on the on the trim side. So that's probably going to, you know, be the cause of a couple of rumours. Well, I'll put a little bit of um, meat on the bone, shall we say, Mickey, and I can confirm that Aaron Lynch has not been called into the Mead senior panel. Uh, he was in fact sick and unavailable for selection for trim. But there has been two trim players called in by Andy McAtee, and they are the fullback Luke Moran and wait for it, the centre half back James Toher. Um, of course, played for Andy McAtee in his first year as Mead manager. What six years ago? He's yes. left the hurlers. And he's gone in with the footballers. So an amazing sort of development in the last couple of weeks there. James Toher in with the Mead Seniors. Absolutely uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, big loss to the hurlers. Um, Huge. Yeah. And I thought that the, I thought that there might have been scope to bring in Rob Burke as well. Um, you know, They're the only been, two I, I know for sure that have been called in. And I know Aaron Lynch up to this point hasn't. So Cool. Well, we'll keep an eye on, on, on developments there. Um, good question, Kim from Trim. Uh, Tom O'Connor, this is brilliant. Uh, being called that gobshite from Twitter down in Kells yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and like... It's, that, it's that, written, isn't it? That, that's an incredible uh, uh, accolade as well to get, or get, um, title to get, because there's an awful lot of gobshites on Twitter. <laughs> 
But if you could say one, you know, Mead supporter who possibly down that territory Tom would spring to mind, but he did have the last laugh. They did obviously win. Tom in charge of the Durham Rashburn second team, and they did have a good win against Gail Comkill in that Premier Championship. So I think he laughed it off at the time, but he got his own back at the end. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that if he had lost, he wouldn't have taken it too kindly. So he wouldn't. No. It would have been a different story. Winning always makes these things a little bit easier to swallow. Sure. Uh, lucky to be working, said he is Kerry bound on the 6th of March to see Mead beat Kerry hurlers and call Buff a watery hen lad. <laughs> it's going to be the battle of the two Instagram. Uh, yeah, juggernauts. <laughs> juggernauts or what are they called? Um, uh, social media sluts or whatever you call them. I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know what? Yeah. Influencers. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Let's go on social media sluts. I like that one. <laughs> He's followed that up by saying that we are me need an athlete on the podcast. <laughs> I have athletes fought if that's any good. <laughs> it's the closest thing we'll get to one, I'd say. <laughs> um, Sean Murphy uh, followed up uh, Rob's earlier comment by saying the Mead ladies have hit the ground running. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, brilliant stuff. Um you know, it's it's probably the only title that Mead have never won in ladies football. So could they go on and just do that? Um, it's the next co- it's the next trophy that they've entered. So, you know, why 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 break the the trend now? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, next one in is from Colin O'Brien in reference to St. Bridget's uh, Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> maybe Colin is going to adopt those sort of tactics for Navna Matanese to try and improve their fortunes. He just said St. Bridget's GFC, honestly. Oh, sorry, honesty before the game on Twitter. That's in reference to the, the first tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, know, I know that Colin is the PRO for Navin O'Matneys. He, mm. did, he did send us through the result on an email on Friday night after they were uh, beaten by... Who was it beat Navin O'Matneys? Did I screen? Screen, yeah. Screen bet Navin O'Matneys. And um, I, I, I messaged him privately and I said, Colin, is there, is there no match report coming with that game? And he goes, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, he usually gives us a match. He, he does, in fairness, uh, but he's yeah. just had a couple of really bad weeks of it. And I, I've been there to be honest, which it's not a nice place to be, particularly coming in on a Friday or Saturday night after being beaten, and it's the last thing you want to do. So yeah. I can I can vouch for it. He's too he's busy. Normally he's, good. he's too busy with Wordle and Nerdle at the moment, and oh, Birdle, yeah. all these Erdles. He's 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 a fan of all them. I know at the moment, so that's what's keeping him busy. Conor McGovern saying that Orla Lally and her big sponsorship deal cutting spuds. <laughs> Is this with um, uh, the lads at Kenson? I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure where Orla Lally is cutting spuds. She's in that boy woman, obviously. Do you know what? I won't name names, but uh, I was out for a few sociables on Saturday night in a well-known establishment in uh, Navan. And uh, there was quite a big crowd um, gathering outside and they weren't letting more people in and stuff like that and I noticed two prominent enough players from the Mead ladies in the queue to get in and I would have thought these ones now surely will just they should be just there should be actually be a red carpet and everyone should have to separate for them <laughs> to my disgust they weren't let in Um like do the people of me they're the bouncers of me not know who these women are they should be literally escorted in and treated like queens that they are i thought it was disgraceful 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the crowd should have got out of the way and let them walk straight up as well. You know, the, 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 the crowd have a lot to answer for there as well. Yeah, um, sorry, that's just something I needed to get off my chest. But uh, <laughs> something that someone that we haven't heard a whole pile from in recent weeks wants to get off his chest as well. It is, of course, PS Tapes. Uh, oh. He's not going to be the last one because he has to earn his stripes again, Mickey. He's gone missing, let's be honest about it, for the last number of weeks. But uh, nothing humorous or sort of witty about PS Tapes' latest Instagram interactive. He just said the new me jersey, press launch, players wearing it, but not for sale for the fans. Shambolic. Oh, oh the big, the, like and, 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 and very cutthroat there, yeah. um, and to the point with everything. And um, shambolic. Is that not like the way this works? You drive the the um, you drive the what is it? This is the, the interest. The demand. You drive the yeah. demand and the interest, and then then you give out the supply. Yeah, I do think it's it's going to drop imminently. I think in the next week or so, it should be available for sale, and um, he will have it if he if of course he doesn't win the Giles one, which he, he <laughs> I, won't. Yeah, I suppose when you look at it, um, it is a few weeks since the launch, all right, and maybe maybe it's 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 time that they got that jersey out, yeah. Yeah, um, Liam Byrne said David Riley, unbelievable hurler. He um, he actually got his marching orders towards the end of the game. I think an injury time for the meat hurlers, but he did play well in the middle of the field. And uh, the drumree, um, the drumree man, I think he is, isn't he, David Riley? I'm not sure about that now myself. Yeah, but, uh, no, he great is. To see him. Yeah, great to see him having uh, such an influence on on the game, and unfortunate to get sent off at the end. Yeah, Luke Casey said the Mead hurlers look like they're going to have a good season. Well, do you want to answer that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think the omens are very good, mate. I meant um, I meant the phone. <laughs> oh no, that was I clicked on. I actually clicked out, and a video was playing, and you know the sound. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, but actually, answer that question because you saw them again in the flesh. You have been waxing lyrical to me about the way, the style, and um, that they're they're playing, and once they. I suppose sure up a few little things and cut out a few mistakes that you know this these guys are gonna be real contenders. They've worked extremely hard for the last six to eight weeks. They've put in savage training according to Nick. And um the game plan that they're trying to implement requires a rigorous level of fitness across the board. And it's evident to see that they have that. And they're actually they get stronger as the 70 minutes goes on or as the game goes on. So I actually think that. This could be a massive year for them. Um, it's going to be really tough, and they have some massive fixtures coming up in the next couple of weeks. But considering the fellas that aren't there, you know, to, the household names that were starting there last year that have maybe dropped away, I think Nick, Searsha, and, and Slew, and the rest of the fellas, they're doing an incredible job. And I think they'll be a really, really good and entertaining watch this year. Yeah, brilliant. Well, the, the omens are good then, so... Yeah, very much so. Uh, Peter Duffy wants to know, will James O'Dwyer, uh, a.k.a. Jelly, uh, will you be my Valentine? I'd say at this stage, even Jelly is going to refuse him, so he is. Um, <laughs> Jelly's not going to be happy about him asking. I'd say Jelly has more options than than, than Peter does um, for, mm. for, for, for Valentine's Day. Um, he's not going to need Peter Duffy. 
I also want to give a shout out to Jelly's new venture. I'm sure you've probably seen it, Mickey, but uh, JOD Sports Massage Therapy. Um, he set up his Instagram page. He's got a decent following behind it and he's willing to start there. All sorts of massages, cupping, you know, the different things. And he, he has said that he'll take us in uh, for a private session as well at some stage, Mickey, when he does get set up. So if, if anyone could go on to Instagram, give him a follow. And uh, I know Sean Tobin, who's obviously away, and you probably mentioned him in a couple of minutes yourself, Mickey. He's been over and uh, done a session or two with him, and he's had rave reviews. So best of luck to Jelly with that one. Yeah, Jelly uh, did sports injury massage therapy um, in college a good few years ago, and he would have been part of, I think he did some training with the Cavan team when I was with them, um, actually going back probably 12, 13 years ago. Um, no, Jelly is really good at it. He just got out of it at one stage. He's getting back into it. So any clubs out there uh, who are looking for sports injury massage therapy done, you know, get in contact with JOD uh, Massage because Jelly is class and he won't let you down. That's, that is one thing for sure. Um, and he, he said he'll do a, a, a bit for myself and yourself privately. He did. I'd prefer if it wasn't private. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah do yeah. do help him out um, anyone that can the the final one here is from Keen Royston and he said that Johnny Mitchell missing from three yards out to an empty net in Moila miss of the year um, I'd love to see a video of that if they have any evidence yeah, well, Shane, Shane Mangan's quite good in his video analysis, so I'd say we might be able to get our hands on that, but it might compromise poor old Johnny Mitchell. So we'll just have to wait on that. But I think Boards Mill were beaten by three, so obviously that miss was pretty detrimental to their chances. And by the way, uh, Moila, who we sort of haven't even mentioned, and there was a lot of talk about them pre the season kicking off about whether or not they were going to affiliate. They've had two unbelievable wins in the last couple of weeks. Beat Kilbride last week. Beat Boards Mill this week, two from two, looking good for a position in the semi-finals of the Talton Cup. And to be honest with you, that's a savage turnaround and great to see from a neutral's point of view as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned him already, Sean Tobin, and you said he's away at the moment. So I just want to give him a shout out as well. And anybody who listens to the podcast, if you can uh, support his GoFundMe in any way, shape or form, the price of a cup of coffee or the price of a pint, whatever you can, um, it's all going to a very worthy cause. He's out volunteering in East Africa at the moment, Sean Tobin is, with the, um, uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of the the group. I, my my head is is a bit fried at the moment. It, it's um, He's doing a half marathon anyway, um, uh, around, it's, it's the Kilimanjaro half marathon, and he's bringing a group of the Future Stars Academy um, to do this run with him. I think they might be doing it this week, in fact. he's um, He's got a GoFundMe page set up. He's over there training them and uh, teaching them and helping out for the next number of weeks or whatever. And he's doing absolutely brilliant work. If you go on to Sean Tobin's Facebook page or um, any of his social media, um, Instagram, etc., you'll see all of the, the training regimes and the work that he's doing over there with them. He's it's absolutely brilliant in fairness to him. The Future Star Academy, it's for all these young guys in Tanzania, I think it is, over in East Africa, where they, they have no futures if they don't go into this Future Star Academy, where they will get uh, education and sports training, and they will get fed, and they'll get looked after, 
and the whole lot. And Sean is just doing absolutely brilliant work with them. If you go on to any of the social media pages, if you go on to our social media pages, you'll find it as well, the GoFundMe page. And all he's asking you to do is to sponsor them for their half marathon around, um, uh, God, I keep forgetting the name of the area that they're doing. It, it is, of course, around Kilimanjaro. It's the half marathon around Kilimanjaro. And, you know, this group of young lads and Sean are going to do that half marathon. Absolutely brilliant from him. Davey, you know, you never know where Sean Tobin is going to be, but like you always know he's going to be doing something good for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Great to see. And uh, I'm sure Simon's certainly looking forward to getting him back as well. Um, he's obviously just missed one game up to press, um, so they'll be hoping to get him back for the latter stages of the Fesh Cup. Um, but great to see. Absolutely. What a guy. Yeah, he's an absolute legend, so he is. Davey, have we anything else there from Instagram or anything else for the podcast this week? No, that's it uh, from this week, Mickey, I think. Okay, well, that's it from us here in We Are Mead. There is a God. He's a Mead man for definite.